The New Orleans Saints are unlikely to turn things around on their present trajectory, so a new direction is what they need. We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on this In Case You Missed It episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this In Case You Missed It episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Big shout out to all you everydayers out there. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. If you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked On Saints insider today by texting HUDAT to 504-285-7473 to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked On NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's In Case You Missed It episode, getting you caught up with everything you need to know going into this weekend's matchup against the Detroit Lions, including something a little special for you today. So we're going to go through the top five takes of the week and the first and second parts of today's show. But in the third part of today's show, I talked with uh, Jordan Howden as well as Lynn Bowden about their sort of expanded role that we should be expecting going into Sunday's game. So I want to share with you the two interviews that I did with both of those guys, uh, effectively one-on-one conversation. So just something a little special uh, here for this Saturday show. So we're going to get to uh, Lynn Bowden as well as uh, Jordan Howden's uh, it's so weird to pronounce their names differently, even though they're spelled so similarly. Uh, but Jordan Howden, Lynn Bowden's conversations here in just a second. We're going to take a look at why Derek Carr is most likely a New Orleans Saint in 2024, but to never say never. And to kick us all off, the New Orleans Saints need a new direction, and they need it quickly. And I think that they could find it by leaning on their running back, Alvin Kamara. So these are a couple of big takes from early on this week. New Orleans Saints needing a new direction was a part of the Sunday postgame live show. The New Orleans Saints needing to build around Alvin Kamara to find that new direction was a big part of Tuesday's show when we were talking about the identity of the New Orleans Saints. You remember that, and in case you missed it, after the game, after the loss in Atlanta, Alvin Kamara was very, very upfront about how he felt that the team had no identity, a sentiment that I've agreed with throughout the majority of this season, the entirety of last season as well, but that Dennis Allen disagreed with, say that the, uh, that the, the team was at an explosive offense with an opportunistic defense. And while I agree that there's some explosivity on the offense, while I agree that the defense is indeed opportunistic, I don't agree that explosivity is the, or explosiveness, is the identity of the New Orleans Saints offense. Because explosiveness, it hasn't really been there that consistently. Sure, they move the ball, you know, between the 20-yard lines and all those other things, but putting points on the board is a part of being explosive. It's not just about picking up chunk plays. Yardage does not win you games. Yardage will not win you games. Points do and points always will. So if you're not explosive on the scoreboard, you're not really explosive, are you? So that to me is a big reason why I think that this New Orleans Saints team needs to take a new direction. It needs to take a look at itself a little bit more honestly in the mirror 
what are we, what can we do, and then build something out of that. And I don't think that what you build out of what the New Orleans Saints are so far is explosiveness. I think instead what you build is a team that is talented and a team that has the weapons to be able to beat you in a little bit more of a game manager type of performance or a little bit more of a death by paper cuts kind of approach. Something similar to what we saw with Drew Brees. Drew Brees was by no means a game manager and game manager only, but the offense that they ran was one that was very meticulous, that was very detailed. We see a lot of lack of attention to detail is a, a lot of the conversation around the New Orleans Saints right now, even from themselves. Uh, but it, it was an offense that was very meticulous, very detailed, and that just kind of wore you down, right? Long drives, two-minute drill type drives, tempo, all these other things. There was a, a, a highlight that somebody shared not too long ago of uh, Drew Brees' five-touchdown game against the New England Patriots back in 2009. And if you watch the five plays, there's more motion and play action in those five plays, those five touchdowns, than we see the New Orleans Saints run on average in a game. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there, three of those five touchdowns came on plays with play action. The Saints run about three or four play action plays a game, right? Maybe seven at the most. And so I do think that there is something about looking at what this offense can do, especially with Alvin Kamara in the passing game, in the short area, taking advantage of the intermediate areas of the field. The Saints don't attack there. And when they do, they're very unsuccessful in those areas. So finding ways to change the things that you've been trying to do instead of relying on either 20-yard deep balls or checkdowns at the line of scrimmage. That's kind of what the New Orleans Saints passing game is all about. So that's why I like the idea of building your future identity and changing direction effectively by running your offense through Alvin Kamara. And to an extent, running your offense through Taysom Hill when it comes to the red zone. Just turn to Taysom Hill in the red zone, you know that it works. And I get that he fumbled once last game, but uh, I mean, what are you going to do? More, What's been more consistent, Taysom Hill fumbling in the red zone or being unsuccessful in the red zone or the rest of the offense being unsuccessful in the red zone? I think it's a pretty easy answer. So the other thing that I look at is how do you maximize the way that you're using Alvin Kamara? Maybe not necessarily focusing so much on running in between the tackles. That's what you went and got Jamal Williams for. Maybe give Jamal Williams more than 12 snaps per game. Get him out there so that he's actually running the ball up the middle. And then you can utilize Alvin Kamara in all the other ways that you said you wanted to utilize him in space, all this other stuff, getting him in the outside zone, getting him in the outside when it comes to the passing game, lining him up in the slot, lining him up out wide. Like I would take Alvin Kamara versus a rookie linebacker and Jack Campbell running out of the slot any day. But Alvin Kamara hasn't lined up in the slot since Chicago, since the game against Chicago, where he lined up there five times. And so the creativity has to be there. And with a guy like Alvin Kamara, you have access to all the creativity, a football mastermind or a football game planner, not even a mastermind, an average football game planner could want take advantage of that talent, take advantage of that opportunity, build this offense moving forward through Alvin Kamara, turn to Taysom Hill in the red zone, and hopefully you're not going to turn the game around. You're not going to turn yourselves around, but hopefully by building around a different identity on offense and finding an identity on offense, you can finally set on a course, set on a path and build some momentum. We haven't seen the Saints be able to do that successfully for the past two seasons. That's one of the reasons why fans are so rightfully frustrated with this team and the amount of talent that they have. So I'm all about the New Orleans Saints running through Alvin Kamara, running through Taysom Hill, running through Derek Carr and the, you know, as they need to as well. You obviously need your starting quarterback to be a guy, right? Not necessarily the guy, but a guy, one of the guys. 
finding a way to get that done is going to be really, really important. And speaking of Derek Carr, he's kind of being taken a task right now and, and to an extent, deservedly so. So what can he do to turn things around? And could this be a one and done situation for Derek Carr? That seems unlikely. Let's break down why as we continue on with today's In Case You Missed It episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and the official sports betting partner here on the Locked on Podcast Network. You're looking for spreads for college football games, for NFL games, for NBA matchups. You're looking for player props like most threes drained in a game or you know, number of threes drained in a game, all that. You can find every bit of it and much, much more over at FanDuel today, including whether or not you think the New Orleans Saints can get an upset win against the Detroit Lions this very weekend. But maybe you want to focus on a big-time favorite if you're a first-time user of FanDuel, because right now, first-time customers will get $150 in bonus bets if their $5 money line bet wins. $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. You can pick a heavy favorite and you're in for what, 30 to one odds, no matter what happens. And then those bonus bets you can use on more of those spreads, more of those props, more of uh, you know everything else that FanDuel has to offer. So go and check them out today. FanDuel.com just locked on to get started. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Very much appreciate you being here. Don't forget to go and check out Locked on Sports today as well. Uh, the first ever national sports YouTube 24-7 stream. You're going to want to go and check that out at Locked on Sports today. Be a part of history. All right, so as we continue on with our In Case You Missed It episode, we're getting into our next big take from the week. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at Derek Carr and why he's very likely a New Orleans Saint in 2024, as well as a couple of things over on the defensive side to blend a couple of takeaways that we're going to hear from Jordan Howden and Lynn Bowden here in just a little bit as well in my conversations with them and a potential, their potential for expanded roles, expected expanded roles uh, going into tomorrow's game. So look, more than likely, Derek Carr is going to be a New Orleans Saint in 2024. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like, look, I I, I get I'm probably part of the minority here and everything, what's new, but uh, I do think that when it comes to any quarterback in the NFL, that a quarterback can only be as good as the system that's placed in front of him, and a quarterback can only be as good as what he's asked to do, and I'm not confident that the system in New Orleans and the offensive side is anything to really write home about. I'm not confident that the system on the offensive side is anything to really look at and go, oh, okay, uh, that... I'll evaluate the quarterback based off of that. Like I had the same reservations last year about Jameis Winston, where everything was kind of high to low. Uh, it was all about deep shots. So like we're seeing the same thing here in in this New Orleans offense, which we didn't expect, right? Like a lot of people wrote that off with Jameis Winston constantly targeting downfield in the games that he was able to play last year as being a sort of the the Winstonness of it all, right? The Jameis Winston experience, quote unquote, of like. Oh, well, all he can do is throw deep. All he can do is throw deep. Even though when we saw him with Sean, with Sean Payton, the one year in 2021, that, that wasn't necessarily the case. Now they found their deep shots, but a lot of times, like he was starting for like 180 yards, but he was getting five touchdowns in games and things like that. And so the difference for me is that when you look at, or, or the thing about that and why that's important is that when you fast forward to this year with Derek Carr, when, you know, everything seemed like they were trying to get away from the deep ball, all this other stuff, they're one of the top deep ball teams in the NFL. So at this point, two years over, three different quarterbacks, 
it's looking more like the system is of detriment than it is necessarily the quarterback. And maybe the quarterback doesn't fit within the style of the system and what it is that the system wants to do. I, I don't understand why the New Orleans Saints try to, to, to go deep so much. And I don't know how much of that is Derek Carr, how much of that is the system, but you would imagine that if it was Derek Carr, that something would have been done about it so far. This feels like the consistency of it and the you know third and three deep shots and all this other stuff, it's starting to feel like a lot more like it's the system and the quarterback than it is just the quarterback. So when you look at the numbers of the contract, $52.8 million in dead cap after this year, if you decide to move on from him, that includes, by the way, $10 million that becomes guaranteed in 2025 if he's still on the roster in March of 2024. So there's no such thing really as a wait until June 1st to make the move or to make the cut because technically he would still be on the roster in March and then you're guaranteeing another $10 million for 2025. Also, Derek Carr's contract is one of the best mechanisms that you have for getting under the salary cap in 2024. Uh, that, or Yeah, in 2024 where the New Orleans Saints are presently what? Uh, let me go to 2024 here. I was looking at 2023. My bad. That wasn't good. That wasn't good planning on my part. Um, where the New Orleans Saints are presently $87 million over the salary cap, according to, to over the cap. So I don't think that Derek Carr is going anywhere from 2023 to 2024, maybe 2024 to 2025. But once you restructure his contract to help get below the salary cap, then like you're pushing money into 2025. And so then really your big potential out is 2025 to 2026, but you could certainly make the move at the 2024-2025 offseason if you wanted to. But that's okay. Like I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think if you take Derek Carr, who has been successful in this league, he's not going to be a top quarterback. He's not going to be a top five quarterback. He's not paid to be a top five quarterback. He's not even paid like a top 10 quarterback right now. I know a lot of people make a big deal out of his $150 million contract. That's like 12th in the NFL right now. And that's going to drop significantly once a bunch of guys that are still awaiting new deals get their new deals. So when I try to sort of forecast what things look like for Derek Carr going into 2024, I can't because I don't believe that the Saints will have the same offensive coordinator going into 2024. And so because of that, you kind of wait to see like, okay, well, what's the new offensive coordinator going to do? What does that system look like with Derek Carr at the helm? How does it look more familiar? Who is that person? Is it John Gruden? Is it somebody else? Like there's so many possibilities between now and then that I'm not going to sit here and say that moving on from Derek Carr over the course of the offseason is the quote unquote right choice, wrong choice, anything like that. It's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But very likely just looking at the numbers of it all, although the numbers are not impossible to overcome, but looking at the numbers of it all, it seems unlikely that Derek Carr is going anywhere between 2023 and 2024 and that he will be back in 2024. That changes if the Saints make a make a, a, a different choice at head coach, right? Then maybe things can change at that point. But even then, if you're the New Orleans Saints, I think you draft a quarterback this year and then you get ready for life after Derek Carr, because I don't know that Derek Carr is going to get a second contract here in New Orleans. I think that's the thing that you look at and go, okay, that's probably unlikely to happen at this time. We'll see what happens when maybe there's a new system in the building in 2024 and how that potentially impacts Derek Carr's future with the team. All right, I want to blend. That was from the Wednesday episode. I want to blend two things from the Thursday and Friday episodes here because they're relevant to this weekend's matchup against the Detroit Lions and they're relevant to the defense. The first takeaway here is that uh, turnovers are going to be the thing that's going to keep the New Orleans Saints in games over the course of the remainder of the season. The second thing is that the Saints absolutely need pressure this weekend against Jared Goff and that Carl Granderson 
is the guy that's going to be the tone setter for that game. So let's start off with the takeaway situation, the turnover situation. The Saints, 20 turnovers so far this year. They've done an excellent job taking taking uh, the ball away, whether it's interceptions in coverage, whether it's you know punch outs, fumbles for us, things like that. This is something that this defense has done very well this season. One of the thing, one of the things that the defense has done very, very well so far this season. Pass rush has left a lot to be desired. Run defense has been bad. Um, you know, second level coverage hasn't been great, but the defensive backs coverage on that side and in getting after the ball have been exceptional so far this season. And it's a shame to waste that right now the way that the Saints have. Uh, but there's a formula. If the Saints force turnovers and then the offense finds a way to score off of those turnovers, the Saints win games. 5-0 and when they do that, 0-6 uh, when they don't. That's simple. That's the key to winning a game if you're the New Orleans Saints. Force turnovers and then hope that the New Orleans Saints offense can find a way to score off of those turnovers, which they've not been very good at, if we're being honest. But when they do it, that's the, that's the formula for them winning games. Another way for them to generate some of those turnovers or generate some of those additional opportunities for the offense is to get pressure on the opposing offense. And that's going to be big this weekend. Jared Goff, I saw somebody mention him as like sneaky mobile. No, he's not. He's not mobile at all. And if and if Jared Goff runs for, you know, a, a, a third and 12 first down on the stop, just throw the like throw the white flag at that point. Like there's no reason that that should happen. Like Jared Goff is not a mobile quarterback. And so the New Orleans Saints need to be able to get after him this week. And maybe the fact that he's not that mobile quarterback, maybe the fact that he's not an escapability guy will end up playing into what it is New Orleans Saints need to be able to do when they do get pressure. But they also need to tick up in terms of how much pressure they get in the first place. And so I think that a guy like Carl Granderson ends up being very, very important in this matchup. Um, Cam Jordan's questionable for this game. He's going to be somebody that is a last second game time decision. They're going to go all the way down to the wire with him, as you should with Cam Jordan. But if he's not able to go, and even if he is able to go and he's playing hurt, this comes down to Carl Granderson. To me, this is his game. This is a, a, an, an arrival game for him on his new deal. Five and a half sacks in the season. He's been the most consistent pass rusher for the New Orleans Saints so far. He tends to finish more than anybody else at the quarterback. And he forces fumbles oftentimes or, or enough for you to, to, to look forward to that uh, when he gets there. So him, Isaiah Foss, he's going to be ready to go this game. Tano Passanio is going to be into a much larger role this game. Even if Cam Jordan plays, I imagine with him being hurt, it'll be, you know, he'll be on a little bit of a pitch count, all that. So this is a real opportunity for you to see your young guys, right? Go out there, your future at the defensive line and at the defensive end positions. Can they go out there and have a good game? And if they do, it's going to be because Carl Granderson sets that tone early and continues to set that tone or reiterate that tone often on the defensive side. Coming up next, Jordan Howden, Lynn Bowden, two guys that are in line for big step ups or big, you know, roles, uh, boosts in their roles going into this matchup against the Detroit Lions. We're going to hear from both in my conversations with them as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app today so you can get access to all of those events, tickets, everything that you're looking for right now. And even all the way down to the day of the event. Maybe you want to go to the Tulane game later on today. Game Time has you covered. It is the AAC Championship after all. I'll be there. Jake Madison will be there. Come through. Grab the Game Time app and get yourself some tickets day of because they're going to run deals all the way up into the day of the event. They also have fantastic deals already in terms of their pricing, all that good stuff. 
nice and affordable. And in fact, they have the game time guarantee. If you buy a ticket, but then on another ticketing service, you find a ticket in the same section and same row for less, game time will give you 110% of the difference. How awesome is that? That's how confident they are that you're getting the best deals over at game time. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets today with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms supply again, create an account and use the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Uh, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's get it. Who that nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints with some one on one conversations with, uh, well, one on one conversation with Jordan Howden and then myself and uh, my good buddy from Fox 8. We were also, uh, we both spoke with uh, Lynn Bowden. So you're going to so you're gonna hear uh, two different um, voices in the, the Lynn uh, interview. But for my conversation with Jordan, what I wanted to focus on was that, look, we, we kind of knew that Marcus May was going to be out this week. He is officially now ruled out. That more than likely means that Jordan Howden steps up into his role. Some folks have asked me, like, what has happened with Jordan Howden? Why has he disappeared and all that? He hasn't really disappeared. What it is is that Marcus May has been healthy, right? So Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, those are your starting safeties. They're the guys that are going to be on the field. And then Howden would usually come on the field for dime packages after that. The Saints haven't run many dime packages over the course of the past couple of weeks. And so Jordan Howden hasn't seen the field as much. That changes very likely this week with Marcus May out as we expect Jordan Howden to be the guy that steps up into that role. Here's my conversation with Jordan about uh, what he uh, looks, you know, if he gets that opportunity, what what type of challenges do the Detroit Lions uh, present, what he hopes to prove, and just how opportunistic that defense has been. Jordan, so if you get the opportunity to go out there and get another starting uh, opportunity up against the Detroit Lions, what are you looking at as a challenge that the Detroit Lions bring this weekend? Um, you know, they have a lot of great playmakers. Um, each position, the receivers, tight ends, good quarterback. Um, we just got to line up to their personnel, you know, just get get the communication right with the defense, know what you're going to get each personnel, just communicate with each other because I feel like it's the biggest thing. Once we get lined up right and we know what we're doing, uh, I feel like nobody can stop on defense. So we just got to keep doing that and just go play by play. Yeah. Anything you're looking to prove at this point or, or to solidify if you get an opportunity to go out there? Oh, yeah, everything. Um, I feel like there's always something to work on, like I always say. And uh, like I said, I'm always in the film room, always getting with the guys, you know, get around just ask everybody that's differently around me just saying like what do i need to work on uh, what should i be looking when uh, you see 14 here or if i see 87 out wide well, okay well, how should i play this you know things in that sort because that helps me improve my game as i go on through the season because like i said er we're gonna need everybody on the team so when it's your opportunity to get out there you gotta know what you're doing you just play fast and, play and then finally just this team has been excellent at taking the ball away so far on the defensive side what's the mentality that y'all bring into these games uh is that no matter if it's home or away, that nobody scores. You know, that's the mentality that we have, especially on the defense. Uh, the ball, the ball, the ball. Because the ball is what the game is made of. So wherever the ball that let him have to the ball. And just, that just comes from being a little kid when you're just playing outside with your cousins or whatever. You know, just get to the ball. Wherever you got the ball, go tackle him, hit him, strip him, do what you got to do to get that ball. So that's our mentality. When I, not even on the field, we talk about when we get in the meeting room. The, uh, the first thing we got to do, stop the run, get to the ball, get to the ball. Because if I get to the ball, cause you never know what might happen. The ball might be on the ground. You might be the one that's over there running to the ball, get the ball. So um, that's just something that we carry in our defense and just our team periods. So. It's Always so interesting talking about Jordan because you forget that he's a rookie, 
when when you hear him speak, right? Like he's a guy that like after I talk to him or while I'm talking to him, I kind of forget he's not a multi-year veteran at this point. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Saints like him so much. Let me rephrase that. I think that's one of the reasons why the Saints love him so much is because he kind of already comes in with that level of maturity and sort of a student of the game approach, right? What do I do in 14s out here? What do I do in 87s lineup out wide? Like these are the types of questions that he's asking his rookie year as opposed to like, okay, what am I doing on this play? <laughs> Which are, you know, it's a different different nuance. And so just great to kind of hear him speak. Again, I expect that he's going to be the guy that's called up into action in place of Marcus May with him not, uh, with Marcus May not being out there. Uh, but clearly Jordan Howden um, has made good on his opportunities so far. And I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that, I mean, we did our, our rookie power rankings not too long ago during the bye week. And I had him as the second ranked rookie for the New Orleans Saints so far. I don't think I would change that ranking so far this year, but here's an opportunity for him to maybe take that top spot. And I think that he's one of those guys that is most assuredly in line for a second contract coming out of his uh, rookie deal. Uh, another guy that was uh, pretty impressive when he was maybe asked to do a little bit more last week in Atlanta was uh, Lynn Bowden. And we've watched his role kind of grow and grow and grow from being a blocker to being used in the sort of jet sweep game to catching passes to all those other things. Uh, so I spoke with him as well because with Rashid Shahid officially out with My Michael Thomas on injured reserve, Chris Olave is questionable going into this game, could potentially clear concussion protocol uh, in time to play. Uh, Keith Kirkwood, A.T. Perry, and Lynn Bowden are going to be guys that are really asked to do a lot more. And Lynn Bowden being somebody that is you know, a, a returner, that can run that jet sweep game, that can be a deep threat, that's a, you know, a good guy, you know, a good, uh, you know, create with the ball in his hands type of guy. There's a lot of room for him to have an impact in everything. And so I just wanted to speak with him a little bit more about this opportunity that's there, the versatility of his game. And I also asked him a fun question at the end too. Would he rather a 60 yard deep ball for a touchdown or a five yard pass that he houses for a 60 yard touchdown? So we'll get to his answers here as we hear from Lynn. Lynn, uh, if you get an elevated opportunity here, I know there's you know injuries and attrition at wide receiver. Uh, what do you expect to be able to to go out there and show this week? They haven't been able to show so far. Uh, I think to be honest, just whatever whatever is in plan. I think uh, you got to just let it come to you. So you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a good ball in hand person. Uh, hopefully, that's probably what they could do, or maybe that's what they might do. Not, you know, I, I accepted my role a long time ago, and I'm gonna do whatever they need me to do. Just go from there for it. Yeah. Now, you know, it's you're you're not the tallest wide receiver, the biggest wide receiver, like that, but they have relied on you so much in the blocking game. Where where does that sort of talent come from for you? All hard, hard man. <laughs> you got you got to have the heart to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's a mindset. Like I tell the guys all, all the time, mindset, man. If you want to do it, you can get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed that they were asking a little bit more of you outside of just pass catching like the hedge on the jet sweep game and all these other things. Like how important is your versatility to your game and what you can bring? Uh, being available mm -hmm. is the best. Way. So let's start there first. <laughs> so you got to be available and, you know, just being able to do di different things, you know, it, it helps the team out because uh, I can't recall the guy who said it. It's like, hey man, we're number five. We get the ball. Oh yeah. Went right around. No, nah, I ain't gonna do that. But yeah, <laughs> you just gotta stay ready, man. So you ain't gotta get ready, man. Uh, you and the other young receivers. How do you guys challenge each other every day in practice to get ready for moments like this when you guys are called upon? That's a standard, you know. In our room, you know, we gotta live up to that standard. And if we ain't living up to that standard, it just ain't gonna play. Simple as that. 
And what have you seen in some of the other younger guys? Like, you're right here next to AT. Like, what have you seen in his game? Uh, confidence, you know, uh, AT, uh, big one for him. He confident, you know, he go out there every day, puts stuff on a highlight reel. Let me just make sure I watch my language, but he putting some stuff on a highlight reel. And, you know, once, once he build up more confidence and I think he, he has this week, you know, he, he'd be great. Right. And then just last that you, you get the opportunity for a, a 60 yard deep ball or a 60 yard catch and run on a five yard pass. Which one do you think? All right, that five yard pass. Yeah, you I like, yeah, I like to make people miss. <laughs> yeah, I like to make people miss. Lynn's got like the best personality. That dude's so dope. So it, it's it's fun listening to him, and it's fun also hearing him acknowledge. There was that Colts game where one of the defenders was like, "Hey, who's number five? You get the ball. You get the ball." And so it was like fun to hear him <laughs> kind of acknowledge that, and and I look forward to seeing what he's able to do. Like, look, I don't. I don't know that necessarily he's going to be somebody that's going to be a game breaker in this role for New Orleans or anything like that. He might go out there and get like a couple of catches here and there. But I mean, regardless, like it, it's it's big that this wide receiver attrition has led to so many of these players having to step up. And Lynn's had a clear role in this offense. And I look forward to seeing if maybe that role can start to expand a little bit because he is somebody that can create with the ball in his hands. We just haven't really gotten the opportunity to see it. So maybe that changes uh, this week. And then one other big thing that comes from the wide receiver attrition, by the way, just to give you a little update on this, um, Dennis Allen said that like it, there, there's a chance that Jimmy Graham is going to be active this week. He's been inactive for the past, what is it, four games now? Um, and so it, it could be interesting to see if maybe he ends up having an impact on the red zone, Jimmy Graham does. So the wide receiver injuries and attrition are things that are going to create elevated opportunities for A.T. Perry, for Keith Kirkwood, for Lynn Bowden at the position, but also um at tight end potentially uh with jimmy graham potentially having an impact in this game so just a couple of things to watch uh for this matchup and speaking of this matchup don't forget live after the game um after you know post game media and all this other stuff um we're going to be live uh on our post game uh instant reaction show from the superdome so make sure you come through uh for that i, I appreciate you as always uh for doing so and i, I love like win or lose being able to kind of like chop it up and, and talk and break down uh, what the game was and what it means, why it's important, all that good stuff. So we'll get to all that uh, on Sunday, tomorrow night after the game. But I appreciate y'all very, very much, as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day and for being here again uh, on a Saturday means the world. Thank you very much for coming through. Big shout out to CJ Locke as well, my guy, who uh, was we were like in traffic. I was leaving a Saints facility yesterday. We were in traffic and just like shouting at each other, one lane to the other. Uh, it, it was so much fun and I, I just love it. I love being home. It's so cool. So I appreciate y'all very much for giving the opportunity to be home. And of course, uh, for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. The trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.